Hello and welcome to Discover Live, a podcast putting a spotlight on the importance of small and grassroots venues and in turn the new and established artists that grace their stages. You're listening to our 2020 wrap-up episode, which also marks our one-year anniversary. We've got Dan back with us today over Zoom and we're breaking down our favourite musical moments from 2020. But before we jump in on that, just wanted to say the reason we started this podcast was to elevate the conversation surrounding live music. So here's our formal invite for you to slide into our DMs and have a quick chat. If you just want to let us know you liked an episode or if you've got a suggestion for something we can talk about, then please do reach out to us on Instagram via at UK. We'd love to hear from you. Anyway, let's get it started, shall we? Here's me, Andrew James, and my good friends, Jack Parker and Dan Flood, finding the positives in the awful year that was 2020. No, let's start the podcast. How are we going to start it? How do we start the podcast? Hello and welcome to Discover Live. No, we do always do that. Yeah, I know, I know, no, but that's that's like the start. So we got that bit. We normally just jump in with like a, how's it been going? Oh, yeah. What's yeah, been going right, on? Let's, yeah, do right, let's do that. <laughs> Oh, we lost it. We lost it. We lost the mojo. Cause this is this is good this is good banter. Keep it for a minute. <laughs> okay, <mate. laughs> I think it's even better when you say it's good banter. We should leave, definitely leave that in. Today we want to talk about 2020 and have a bit of a yearly wrap-up. This is how our podcast started um a year ago, talking about mm. the highs and lows of 2019. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we were looking to start a podcast to talk about small venues, emerging artists and live music, which yeah. meant a lot to us. It took up a lot of our time. Yeah. And that proceeded to fall apart quite quickly <laughs> as Corona struck in March. And not a lot has happened this year, is it? No. It's been like, there's been like six things that happened this year. Yeah. And yeah. And they were all all right. But yeah. Well, there should have been like a hundred. Um, there were six things that happened this year and they were all all right. Yeah. Oh, well, no, like positive things is what I mean, you know. Yeah, there yeah, was yeah. like a million negative, horrible things that yeah. happened. Uh, but anyway, Dan, how are you? What were your favourite six things of the year? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I could get to six to be honest. Like, there was, do you know what? It's not been a year of like highlights because it's been fuck all to do. But it's it's definitely been like a year of introspection, introspective. Blah, 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 blah. But it's been an introspective year. It's been like a year of self-reflection, isn't it? And it's, there's been a lot of working out yeah. what's important and what isn't yeah. important, what you want to do when things go back to yeah. normal, Definitely. when you've got the opportunity to, where you want to end up. So I yeah. think there's been a lot missing. So pretty pretty gas for next year and to be able to get back on. Yeah, We were going to a lot of gigs, we were having a lot of fun, and that all got sort of swept out from under us. So I feel like there's going to be a lot. I'm going to appreciate a lot of that stuff a lot more yeah. when it comes back around. For sure. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that we, um, you know, we, we, we kick-started this last year just yeah. before, you know, everything with COVID happened. Mm. And like, the, the, the reason we kick-started it was because we were trying to help out small venues and then they immediately faced the biggest challenge that they've ever faced. So yeah. it's been a, yeah, it's been a weird... Wasn't weird anything to do with year. us getting involved, though. I don't know why you're blaming me and Dan, Andy. <laughs> well, it's funny, actually, because we did the wrap-up podcast in December, and then I think it was at the beginning of Feb, mid-Feb, we did... We did our second podcast, which I'm sure you've all heard already. But um, you avid listeners, yeah, avid listeners, they're all avid. Uh, so our special guest on that podcast was Mark David from the Music Venue Trust, and uh, we asked him the question: you know, what is the biggest challenge to music venues at this moment in time, or to the Music Venues Trust at this moment in time? And he said, the biggest challenge that we've got is something that I don't know about yet. 
and that was coronavirus. I mean, within a matter of, you know, well, within less than a month or so after that conversation with him, coronavirus had completely taken over. Every mm. venue was shut and, and um, it just goes to show... He's a fortune teller. He's a, he, the, the, the man, honestly, who's running at Kempton tomorrow, Mark? That's what I want to know. <laughs> it, it was just interesting looking back on that because... Um, he was completely right, and and what an amazing job the Music Venues Trust has done this year in supporting yeah. so many so many venues and, and trying to pull people together to uh, to help support those those venues. Yeah, I mean, one of the cool things that Music Venues Trust did this year was the Save Our Venues campaign, which yeah. was really interesting to follow. So many people got involved, so many artists sort of coming out and and yeah, um, and a lot of that was piece. yeah, a lot of that was uh, people working in the venues, wasn't it? Yeah, it's it's not just about some bloke getting up on stage and playing the guitar it's it's about a whole network of people that come together creatively to create this you know that person on on stage playing is not just you know or that or that band of four people it's not just them that are getting paid that evening it's the people behind the bar it's the promoter it's the photographer you know it's the writer in the crowd writing their reviews it's there's so many different people that are involved mm. there's so many more people involved than uh, in live music behind the scenes than there are yeah i on think stage. I, I i think so all those people need to be supported i think there's i think far too few people realize what goes into a live gig mm. and i think this year, hopefully, with all these campaigns, people will start to notice and that people are hopefully getting some money out of their pockets and putting it towards campaigns like this, like Save Our Venues, because that's the only way that, you know, these venues are going to be able to keep going at the moment. I think I think that's the thing, isn't it? When you when you go and see a live band and you go, I paid a fiver for that, and you grade your money against the standard of the act that you were, you were planning to see. But really, it's not really about that you know if you're going to take it all into account what you're paying for is, is a lot or is way more than that well i think it's even bigger picture than that because that like say that fiver that you pay to get into a gig is the same hundred fivers that then mean the person on stage can take an extra day off yeah. in the week instead of afford their rent which means that they've got that time and space to create to be an artist which yeah. Um, which is how they manage to produce something that then they can make money off that is part of this sort of bigger picture cultural export of the UK. Mark made a really good point about that ecosystem around small venues, but it's so much bigger than that because without the without that sort of income and space to do that thing, the only place that there'd be money is these major labels and manufactured artists instead of the creatives that come from the ground up and make their way through these venues. Yeah. Mm. Otherwise, that all falls apart and you don't have any of that music. And it just shows as well that we need people to be active in this community and supporting each other and being active in the community when live music is happening is literally just going to a gig it's not like you know protesting or standing anywhere in the cold you know or just but you know picketing or whatever is what i'm trying to say it's not picketing it's uh it's just spending your money in the right places you know and not a lot of money but fans and and people that want to go and see live music to just pay that little bit extra or just you know go to that extra gig turn up a little bit earlier buy a couple of extra drinks buy two pints extra in, in the venue, that money goes further. You might pay 50p extra a, a pint, you know, max for the same thing up the road, but but where that money's going is so much more important than yeah. it's staying in your pocket and you're not even going to realise it's there, you know. Mm. So I hope that that's, that's the case. Otherwise, you know, we're all retraining from ballerinas to cyber punks or whatever that i don't know what cyberpunks i don't know, I don't know what's going on <laughs> another great campaign that's been that's happened 
very recently, I think it's still on right now as we, as we make this podcast, is the I Love Live campaign. And you've got artists yeah. like like Foles, Felix from the Maccabees, Disclosure, FKA Twigs, Robbie Williams, uh, Robbie Williams uh, all donating something to the I Love Live campaign. And, and the way it works is um, you chip in a fiver or something and that counts as, as an entry into... Uh, a random sort of draw, drawn from a hat name or whatever, and, and then you and you win the thing. What did um, you you pitched in, Ando, didn't you? I pitched in twenty quid to to get four entries into the competition to get disclosures synth, mainly because I just need a new synth, and uh, and it <laughs> oh, was mainly and, because and yeah, and there was only like twenty people that went in for the disclosure thing. <laughs> I was thinking if I get this synth, I get an amazing synth for twenty quid. I'll be well happy with that. <laughs> And secondarily was the opportunity to support yeah yeah that too yeah 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 Amazing. For a That'd whole be year. So fun. And it was uh yeah, anywhere in the country you can go to you get you get free tickets for you. So your all you friends. need to do is get train tickets and you can follow idols around the country. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, lots of fun stuff. But yeah, very creative way of uh raising lots of money for, for loads of crew that have been put out of work. I think they got up to almost half a million or something. Yeah, it was half a million last when, when night. I, when I, and there was a few few days left on a few things. They should yeah. definitely get over that. Yeah. So that was that was really nice to see. It just shows how people are coming together. Yeah, you know. Yeah, for um, sure. With the sad background that they shouldn't really have to, because Rishi should have put his hand in his pocket for the yeah. arts. But, but I'm sure we must have seen some live music this year. Well, Dan, you and I saw a talk show play at the Hundred Club. We did. That was quite an experience, actually, wasn't it? Yeah, it was interesting. I think it was the first tester they did to to see if they could do the old seated order order to the table gig. Yeah, oh, it must have worked because they've just done a run of like five or six before. It was good. Yeah, before the doors start again. But it was interesting. That that was um that was good fun. I was quite sure going in, especially going to see a punk band, that there's a lot you'd miss out on without the mosh pit and the movement mm. and the getting mm. pissed and the getting up to the stage. But I was pleasantly surprised. I very much enjoyed it. What did you think? Yeah, it was great. It was just well, I know for a fact that these nice. two didn't miss out on the getting pissed part. It was, yeah, it was heavy. That's the thing, though, when you can just order to the table, you just keep ordering, which is... Well, yeah, it's almost almost like there's a natural control in why I can't have too many pints because I'm going to spill them. I'm going to have to queue up at the bar to get them. I'm going to have to find my way back to the front of the crowd. But when it's a free-for-all, yeah, it was messy. It was good. I, I specifically remember that evening that the crowd were very, like, amped up. And it, it, like, there was a lot of love shown at the end of every song just I think there was a lot of support for the band mm. to kind of show them that we are seated but we are definitely into this uh, which was yeah. nice it was nice it was a really good game it had and a they protesty it. feel didn't it there was very kind much of, like a yeah. fuck you we're still going to have fun even if you make us sit down and distance and don't support our arts but um, yeah, but yeah it, it's a it defi- was good. defiance to it all wasn't there mm. yeah you didn't hear what I said did you no <laughs> <laughs> I always know when Dan's lying to me. Mm. Dan, you've literally mm. done that. I remember like you doing that to me on the way to Glastonbury at 16 and me going, sometimes when I say things to you, do you just go, yeah, then, because it's like obvious you've not heard what I've said and you're like, I do it all the time, mate, I do it all the time. And that I was one of them. I remember that. 
Yeah, I went. <laughs> I, I I remember it so clearly. We were on the bus from the train station going into Glastonbury, and I went to so lame such a lame question I said uh, do you reckon it's going to be on the left or the right that's how excited I was and you went <laughs> <laughs> you went yeah <laughs> uh, um, you doubled down and you were like no on the left or on the right and I was like yeah 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 <laughs> no yeah <laughs> yeah yeah probably on Sunday um, yeah <laughs> but uh, what I said is there was a defiance to the gig there was like a defiance sense of defiance yeah. to it yeah, there definitely yeah. was a yeah, defiance no. to the gig, as you just <laughs> said, Jack. Um, there was. It was. It's a good point, and I want a good response from you. <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. We were stomping in our hearts, weren't we? we were. If not Absolutely. on the floor, um, there, there very much was. And I mean, Harrison, the front man, who we've met a few times, um, really nice guy, looked overwhelmed at times. Um, I think he might have been more surprised than anyone else that it could be such a wholesome and energetic gig yeah despite the fact we all had our asses parked exactly but what, what have you seen any fernando what have you done yeah i went to see uh i went to see mr miller at the windmill yeah a few months back that was really was good there. that was our ep launch we were all there we were all there all three of us were there <laughs> <laughs> i forgot about that we got really drunk i forgot because we got really drunk i think we, i think we were going up and getting rounds of guinness and whiskey yeah. we're getting three yeah. guinness and three whiskey and then taking back, taking our, taking. Didn't you back go to, to the bar and were telling someone about a podcast you just did with Shane? Yeah. And he was yeah. like, "I'm I in shame." Ta- yeah, I was talking about the <laughs> the episode that we did uh, on the windmill, and I told him about how our guests were shame and sorry, and so and he was like, "I'm in that band." <laughs> he was, what well, I think he was the guitarist of Shame or something. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 that was embarrassing. Eddie Green. Yeah, and then I drunkenly was like, "Come and say hi to the guys." And he didn't. (laughs) I'm sure the only reason he didn't was to make sure he was following all the COVID protocols and was nothing to do with anything to do with you. Definitely. I would would have to agree with that. Um, Also at the windmill, saw Prima Queen with support from Rosie Elena. Is that her name? Yeah. Rosie Elena. She was great, by the way. It's just nice to be able to, you know, the times that we could... It was just nice yeah. to be able to get into a live venue space, even though we're not like in the normal crowd atmosphere and there's not a mosh pit and there's not and no one's sweaties being chucked over your head, stage diving or whatever. You know, it's um, it's still nice to to hear music live and to see the mm-hmm. re- response of the people around you. So that was really cool. And I bought a T-shirt. <laughs> basically this whole podcast is andy telling us about how much money he spent this year but we get it <laughs> he's about to get a synthesizer for 20 quid mate so i went to see spectre that was probably my biggest gig, oh gig. that was oh, a yeah. signature brewery wasn't signature it signature brewery yeah which was quite good actually it was it felt like an occasion because this was like the first socially distanced post lockdown one i went to and it was i think it was my last gig of last year was seeing spectre at the oval space in hackney yeah. Um, which yeah. was great so it was kind of like a full circle jobby um, but it made a proper like took the day off work and when I got pissed in Walthamstow and I'm like I'm a big Spectre fan um, so I had the tunes on for a while and it was yeah it was quite good it was exciting got up there and again everyone that had jumped on tickets because obviously there was still only like 50 people that you can fit into the sort of forecourt Is this of, a DIY gig? It was DIY. it was DIY's hundredth issue, so oh, they put on a week yeah, of yeah, yeah. gigs. I think that like was the best Honey, one. I think, Spectre. but yeah, it was. You could hear like the 
sound check going on when you got there and there was like good food knocking around outside and in vans and a good bar and obviously the beers are great mm. um so that was all seated thing. as well right that was all seated um it was on benches which was oh that's cool which was fine it was it was definitely less enthusiastic i'll say than the um than the talk show outdoors gig, was I it yes that comes with the territory pardon outdoors was it yeah, it was outdoors. Um, it's probably about 50 people in there. Mm. I think what it served to do most was get me excited for when we can go back to normal because it felt like instead of talk show where that had, like we say, this sort of enthusiasm and vigour about it, um, this didn't. So the music was great and it was really nice to be hearing them. It wasn't the same. It left you quite longing, I think. Mm. Um, but funnily mm. enough, probably we say live. My favourite live moment of this year would have come from one of the sort of lockdown live streams, mm. which obviously came thick and fast. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's funny um, because like when it first started, I think there were so, so many of oh, them. Mate, floodgates that open. It kind of, you know, kind of almost detracted from it because there was just something happening every day. Do you know who did a really good job though? Jimmy's did a really nice job at the start. Yeah. Kind of yeah, profiling yeah. a lot of different artists coming on and doing, and they, yeah. I don't know if it was lo- every looking back on it or, now, but it was, they did a really good job. At- yeah. Like literally looking back on it now, it's actually so nice. The amount of, because it, because it's all people that just wanted to be gigging and they couldn't do it, yeah, but they still yeah. wanted to do something for us. So they came out and they did all these live streams. It's very wholesome. Well, it really evolved, nice. didn't it? It started off with people in small venues like Jimmy's. I remember they did like a run on their Instagram. Um, the social did like a weekly beer takeover and yeah. like a beer and a chat and the music listened with people near Dean Charles, one of them. That's quite good. But they sort of evolved, didn't they? And all, all of a sudden you had like Fontaine did a great one from mm. an oh. old historic prison oh. outside Dublin. That, that was really cool. That was um, insane that. Andy, did you see that? I didn't see it. How have I not Dan? heard about that? Well, that's the kind of thing you bang on for weeks. Mate, They, they it was only up for like 24 hours. I missed that. It, what, what was the prison, mate? I can't, I can't remember what it was called. Um, it's quite famous. It's basically famous for housing um, quite a few people at the forefront of the sort of rebellion and the troubles and things like that. So there's, there's a handful of people. I think it was like the last execution in Ireland was there as well. It's quite a, like historic, historic building. Um, it's got like a, mu- I think it serves as a museum these days actually. But obviously for Fontaines who are so engrossed and embedded with Dublin and Irish mm. history and culture in in mm. their songs and their sort of themes. Yeah. It was really fitting. And I think that's the point. Like the production of these live streams went up and up and up. Mate, um, that that get, that was that is that's gotta be the best thing I've seen this year in terms of live streams. That was incredible. They it was had so a, well done. It was like this three because yeah. it's like a circular three sixty wing that it was in. Yeah, yeah they so. they utilised the space a lot lot of great camera work. But the the actual setting and everything was just fucking mad. And it was so clever the way they organised it. Like, And also, like, what a band. And they they crossed over, like, in terms of setting and... Back. Like, it just... Like, everything you just said there, Dan, about the history and the heritage of Ireland and, and, and the cultural influences and what... Everything, basically, Fontaine's DC absorb and embody, you know, fit, fitted really well. You see some people do some live streams and it doesn't quite fit, but that was just, like... That was so good. Mm. completely forgot about that until you mentioned it what a live stream that was well like you said there was so many of them but that's why because when we were talking about this podcast it got me to thinking about my biggest live moment was Dermot Kennedy um, did a live stream that was Mm. like the first it was probably the only big production one I watched because there were a few but he took over like the Natural History Museum I remember you saying Um, that and he did this like whole night of 
tunes like full band tunes from like different parts of the museum and that um handsome fucker from normal people that everyone loves he just did the phoebe bridges video he was like reading out these poems which was awful cliched lame hated it it was ridiculous (laughs) obviously it gave them it gave them the time to like run between these rooms um so despite being silly bollocks it played a role (laughs) nice nice but it was quite good he ran out at the end and did a song with Dermot which was quite good actually like surprisingly good um but yeah but he obviously it's quite poppy and it's a bit silly and you can it's quite easy to listen to but at the end of this like hugely produced pop anthony bout around a museum there was almost an encore so they finished up with this big song um and then it just flitted yeah much like an encore to Dermot Kennedy in like a small room in the museum of they'd obviously like hunted out the acoustic um, and it was him doing this old folk song which is well it's more Scottish than it is Irish called The Parting Glass which is got to be about 300 years old at least and it's sort of about the end of a night and like a journeyman going on his way and bidding farewell a bit like Old Lane Sign at New Year's sort of thing so all of a sudden the sort of poppy bollocks of it all which i very much enjoyed it's almost mean to say disappeared and it was just this irish chap who got famous for busking on dublin high street i think he did and it was just him and his guitar singing this old folk song and it completely caught me so you know that feeling you get when you're at gig and either maybe a song you don't know or a slow version of a song comes on or something that just completely catches you and you're just transfixed like yeah, doing yeah, yeah. it was one of them and i caught myself just been like this is great it carries the same tune as this little this little Irish song called what is it called? It's called Sweet Cootil Town, Sweet Cootil Town, which is a song about leaving a small town in Cavan in Ireland called Cootil, which is where my granddad and his family are from. It's like a little oh, farm wow. town on the outskirts of Cavan, and it's about leaving there to do like the big infamous Irish trip to America, sort of thing. So it's like the same tune and a similar song. It's like a complete rip off, like it'd be a modern day stairway. Yeah, Sweet Symphony Court Case now. But yeah, so I was sort of caught with this song. I think that's the point when I was like, oh, I really miss this. And I really miss that moment in the gig mm. that you get caught off guard and you're just like, mm. um, a bit like, do you remember Jack? And I don't know when if young. you do. Um, we went to Wen Young's mate, first uh, mate, headline you, in London. Mate, I just, I said, you can't hear me because we're doing this on Zoom. But as you said, do you remember? I said Wen Young. Uh, there you go. Yeah, mate. Yeah, I do. And they, they stopped and they did a... They did a song, uh, I can't remember, go on, you tell it, because you'll tell it better than me. Well, it was just a really slow song, but obviously the headline of the time, Grenfell, um, the tragedy at Grenfell had yeah. not long struck, and she was saying that she could see it from work or the end of her road and just see this sort of shadow of Grenfell that had been there and went into quite a deep monologue about that um which really hit home given it was really topical and she was talking about yeah seeing something like that happen here and about people needing to pull together and then went on to do this slow song and i cannot for the life of me remember what it was called but it was a similar sort of slow focus song and i just remember everyone just dropped absolutely yeah, yeah, silent yeah. like hear a pin drop it made me really nostalgic for not just that but that moment you get in a gig every now and then yeah where it just catches you completely arrow through the heart and you just like stand there like i'm a soppy idiot (laughs) funny you mentioned nostalgia mate you know what i'm nostalgic for at the end of that when young gig they played uh some lovely irish music and um dan is very slow to admit that he grew up river dancing very well 
champion, to an exceptional he? standard where he was winning trophies and, and UK and champion. It's, uh-huh. I've known Dan since I was Five. eleven, probably, <laughs> and I think it took. I took. It definitely took seven years for you to tell me that. Something like that, yeah, and even yeah. then, it was only because there was a girl in the year below who I once danced, I guess, with. Um, oh yeah, and <laughs> who thought it was like great to spill this like close guarded secret from a million years to anyone that listened. It was like fuck's sake. Fortunately, I was well hard back then, yeah, so you it were well hard back then. An issue, like, it was fine. But, but anyway, you you lost all your inhibitions, and you uh, no, actually, do you know what it was? There was a <laughs> there was a big circle that gathered, and because like everyone was quite drunk after the gig, like people were jumping in the middle, and this this one girl jumped in the middle, and she'd <laughs> she was everyone was really cheering because they thought she was amazing, and you were fuming because <laughs> her form was not good. And you were just going to me. She's fucking awful. She's awful. And then you went, hold my jacket, right? And you just jumped. <laughs> oh, and you jumped in there. And I hit her. You jumped. In there. <laughs> <laughs> well, on. I've still got it, mate. Nostalgic for that. Oh, we can't God. put that in. We can't put that in. It's the best joke I've made on the podcast, but we can't put it in. We're definitely putting that in. Why can't we put that in? <laughs> it's the best skip. <laughs> well, uh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, he says, hold my jacket. And he jumped in. And the best thing was that, like, obviously, you knew that she had poor form and you could do dance better, but no one else in the room knew that. So when you jumped in, no one else, no one went wait a minute this guy's got it better they just went who's this bloke who's stealing her thunder and then quite quickly the music sort of died down after that but uh but it was great to see you in your element mate and i miss that i miss seeing you in your element i mean i've got a great video of you cracking on as well but i don't think i don't think it's quite the same i don't think it's got the same life destroying onus to it um but i digress so my yeah send those videos mate i want to see those videos. my surprising live music moment came pissed from my pal's living room floor listening to dermot kennedy of all people there we go (laughs) i mean for me one of the one of the best things that we've done this year is uh me jack and our flatmate ryan actually got to go to a festival yeah Um, and it was a socially distanced festival. It was a beer for, festival. It was a it beer, was a beer festival. festival and they had one stage yeah. and it was all cover bands and, you know, local local kids playing, you know, the killers and whatever. But it was so fun. Though. It was really fun, wasn't it? Yeah. So it was this brewery called Brolly Brewery. You know, they had all the big old kegs of all their different beers they 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 had, and I think there was a couple that were sort of like nine percent. And I tried to get a pint, and they would only give me a half. Uh, and thought you coming, mate? I know you <laughs> yeah. come. And, um, <laughs> and uh, it, it was just, just it was, it was a fun. one it was a one day overnight festival, and it was just so nice to be in a field with other people. Hottest day of the year, and uh, they did it socially distanced, so everyone in your various groups you got a sort of hay bale that you had to stay there to sort of distance from everybody else and uh it was just so it was just it was right in the height of summer sort of middle of july or something wasn't it and Fucking well up. It was so hot and then jack went to bed and hey, uh i, was, I, was I went to go for a wee <laughs> and came across somebody they said to me oh are you heading for the uh the the secret set i said what 
Bad Boy Slim. <laughs> they said, there's a secret set hmm. at midnight. <laughs> I was like, are you serious? There's like been six bands on. It was literally like a country fair type of thing. And they're yeah. like, yeah, there's a band on at midnight. It's a secret set. Ran back to the tent, grabbed Ryan, mine and Jack's other, uh, other flatmate. And Ryan and I tried to persuade Jack to wake up, but he was too, you were too far gone. He did you? wake me. Yeah, he, nice nice of you to come in and try and get me up. But honestly, mate, I... You you'd, you'd had a rough week. You my stomach was so heavy. Yeah, yeah. To be fair, and because yeah. it was a, um, yeah, a brewery festival, we'd we'd had out. a lot of beer. Um, but me and Ryan got up and we we went to it, and it was for me. It's like the highlight of my summer. Not to rub it in, sorry, mate. Yeah. <laughs> it was just so stink. nice. <laughs> they didn't have any of the lights on or anything like they would normally. Um, it was all very quiet, <laughs> hush hush, and uh, it was just this this. These three old lads playing a load of blues music on stage and they basically opened up the um, the beer tent and said, grab your own cup and just go and help yourselves to the beer because they couldn't legally sell it anymore and the kegs were already open. So we just got free beer and we got to go and watch this amazing blues band. I would love to go again next year. I hope it's on next year because it was a lot of fun and you'll have to stay up this time, Jack. So we probably talk at length now about the bands and the artists that we've seen this year and what that was like. Um, but I guess, given the circumstances, it's probably better to talk about the bands that we didn't get to see. What have you been listening to this year? What have your standout albums been? Good question, that. Great question. Uh, there's been a few for me that I think have been particularly great. It's hard to pick a favourite. I'm gonna. I'm just going to start riffing and then I'm going to see because I haven't decided really. Do it. I mean, hit me. Uh, okay, right. So there's four albums that stand out pretty quickly. Um, Moses Boyd's album uh, "Dark Matter" yeah, is amazing. Who we discovered through the Mercury Prize nominations? Yeah, yeah. I I didn't know, know anything about Moses Boyd yeah. before that, and it's just refreshing. It's like he's created his own genre. Yeah, it is really beautiful. It, it, yeah, it's a fantastic album. I think that probably that. Maybe describe it a bit. Like, what what is the album? That's why I'm stammering, Andy, because I don't know how to describe it. Um, <laughs> well, it's like it's like Afro infused jazz. jazz. Yeah, but you can hear the sort of you can hear sort of Afro Caribbean influences running through it, but cool. through That's traditional cool. jazz instruments. As the title suggests, it is it is very dark in the sense that it it's a very serious album. It's a very I don't know. I I feel like serious is probably the right word, but it's 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 very politically charged. Well, Mo Moses Boyd is a is he's a drummer. Yeah. Um. So there's a lot of features on on there, but there's a lot of different like, arrangements that are involved. A lot of it is a yeah. brass section. It's it's almost it's very fast paced. Yeah, it's, it's quite, quite dramatic, right? Yeah, like... it's something quite different that I think probably is my favorite album of the year. Something that I think I will will revisit a lot was Tame Impala's most recent album yeah that is such a good album yeah how many times have you watched the live sessions on youtube as well it may ah yeah so many times so the slow yeah. the slow rush is the name of the album and it's such a brilliant album i'd highly recommend that it's like obviously a bit of a dance album. it kind of feels like the album this year like most should have been played at a festival that yeah. everyone should have been partying to yeah. you know so hopefully that's one we can revisit soon but that definitely like that one is like you should be off your head Enjoying yeah. that one. I feel in the like Tame, Tame Impala are such an interesting band because 
they're just they're one of those bands they can go from genre to genre yeah but they're still so live and it's still so much about like how do how are they going to recreate this live mm. this is going to be so much fun to see them at a gig no matter what they do and, and it's interesting to see a band like that evolve also just great tunes yeah yeah, absolute absolutely bangers. Brilliant. I think those two are probably my favourite two. I think uh, honourable mentions for Laura Marling's songs for for our daughter. Uh, what a, what that. yeah, what a beautiful beautiful yeah. album. And then a hero's death by Fontaine CC. Hell yeah, uh, which is so good. Yeah, um, I mean they've had, despite everything they've had a great year. They've been nominated for a Grammy. Yeah, nominated for a Grammy, which is all right. Say what you want about Little the Grammys. Punk band from Ireland. But yeah, I'm a long way from the Lexington and not a long time. Isn't <laughs> yeah. the, 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 so they're my choices. But I, if I had to choose one, it'd be <laughs> it'd be it'd be a toss up between Moses Boyd and Tame Impala, and they are both the dark side and the light side of the coin that I want to live my life on. There you go. Well, I like that. I like how different they both are as well. Like it's mm. nice to sort of. I know it's a bit apples and oranges, but it's nice to sort of reflect on a year in music and see that diversity in genre being top of the pops sort of thing yeah absolutely well yeah. what about you dan what, what what's what's caught your ear i struggled a bit with this one obviously there's been i guess my standouts were if i was going to shortlist it punisher phoebe bridges is yeah. phenomenal and yeah, as everyone that. in the world will tell you because <laughs> she's just got this sort of candid poeticism to her that you can just sit and get lost in it and it's quite bleak and radiohead-esque um, and miserable but it's it's really good it's really good it's like simple music done great willie j healy smashed it didn't oh, he oh yeah yeah on the yeah. tunes like proper i think there's like a balance that people struggle to hit between like a, a guy and a guitar and having that sort of pop accessibility what a great and, album um droning on a bit the thing with willie j healy he's got a great humor to him i love he's, his humor uh, so yeah. much I, I just think he toes the line perfectly between doing good music, indie pop music, but with a wry smile where it's just yeah. like, you can just get into it. With, uh, so, that album is incredible. I forgot about, yeah, I forgot about that. But you yeah. just want to have a beer it, with him, didn't you? Yeah. Was it Songs for Joanna? Is that the album or was it, is it, what's it called? Twin Heavy this Twin year. Twin Heavy, it? that's it. Sorry, Twin Heavy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, that was cracking. Um, Fake It Flowers, Beba Doobie, um, I've had on pretty much constantly since it mm. come out. Um, I've not listened to that yet. Yeah, but have I. It's great. It's just really like simple. It's quite nostalgic. It's like 90s punk and she's, I think she's only like 20, early 20s and it's yeah. got this, again, there's a bit of a balance struck between maturity and what she's saying, but that sort of post-angsty, yeah. young, ranty sort of thing. But that that sort of girl-fronted punk with power chords and yeah. it's it's great. It, it's like straight off like the Clueless soundtrack or like she, Legally she was, Blonde um, or 10 Things I Hate About You. She like was the support She was the support for the 1975 at the O2 when I saw the, the 1975. I think, I think that, she signed to I their label. Was, yeah, she's on Dirty yeah. Hit, isn't she? Yeah, yeah she is. Yeah. Um, I think that was this year. But probably. She's um, she's great. She, I think she's another one that was like very sign of 2020. So mm. we're, we're all doing this 90s nostalgia thing. But she had like a song that went viral on TikTok. Yeah. And just fucking blew up. She's had a load of EPs out. So all credit to her. She's put the work in and she's great. Like really, really good. Can't recommend it. There's a song called um, Worth It, which is just an absolute banger. Like, mm. um, But yeah, but she's great. Uh, Royal Youth Collage by Miramasa was up there. That yeah, just about snuck into this album. year. And I was... On, it's not even that it's like an amazing album, but I think... I was thinking about it and I think it's hanging out with you too much, Andy, has changed sort of how I listen to music and 
<laughs> I've definitely got this sort of new appreciation for the creativity that can go into like recording and production and the yeah, way these songs sure. are that put together and good, the sounds good made. Um, there's well. a really good tape notes episode as well yeah. where he talks about that. And um, there's a couple of cracking features on it, like Ellie Roswell with Slow Tie. Um, and it's it's got this sort of angsty thing to it again, which is like I would have listened to it and just fallen for it when I was like 17 and yeah. trying to work out what was going on in my own head. And mm-hmm. that it sort of nails that. So that's quite nice. I've had that on a lot. But I think the one that I picked out as the best one was 925 from Sorry, 925, oh, yeah. which is cracking. Yeah, such a great album. album. Obviously, they're quite an alt band, and the way they Grungy. put songs together is really, it's really left field. And they fuck around with composition and time signatures and things like that. So it's not even, it's not even that it's abstract. It's the way they've managed to have this sort of droll but still quite powerful lyricism running through it mm. but the lyricism is echoed in like the pace of the song and the instrumentals they use and things like that like it's cracking and it's just i think it's amazing that it got so much attention and so much hype for an album that if you if you've seen sorry before we've all been listening to sorry for a while like massive fans um, yeah, yeah. but you'd never think it would have gotten the attention and I say mainstream, maybe not in the full sense of the word, but it got a lot of pick up the album for a band who are really droll, who are really left field and all, who don't have a catchy necessarily sound. There's a few good choruses in there, but um, it was amazing to see how that went. I had tickets from this year that got pushed at the Hope and Glory in Brighton. Um, so I literally can't wait for next year. I think it's May now to hear to hear them properly gassed. Um, but yeah, uh, 925 is probably my biggest album and a ridiculous omission from the mercury prize shortlist i think uh yeah absolutely i completely forgot about that album as well that could eat that actually probably would be in my top five if i was doing top five i mean you've heard my top five now i don't need to bang on about it but what an album that is and i, I yeah i like the way they involved the sax a lot in that uh in that and they've got so they've got some great music videos as well that came out of the back of that album well it's just brave isn't it it's brave to make music and to make videos like that and not sell out's the wrong word but not sort of go a bit more accessible and commercial and to stick to your guns a bit like it it's like talking headsy isn't it yeah. just having the sort of brevity to stick to your ridiculous left field sound and yeah. people catch on to it in time and realize that it's fucking great without you having to meet them in the middle i don't many i don't know many artists at the moment that sound like sorry or at least do it as well as as they've done it since they've come onto the scene so yeah, incredible band. Really exciting, especially as well as the first album. Like there was such a lot of hype about them because they were so interesting. Mm. Um, it's really, it's really great to see that come out and do really well. Andy, what have you been listening to, mate? Uh, I think my favourite album of the year is probably um, Jack Garrett. Oh yeah, love death and dancing. Interesting. Yeah, and it's it's such an interesting album because he put it out in sort of four stages he he basically did like a f- separate eps and then at the end of it just culminated it all and just put out like a whole album i every time jack garrett puts out something new i always find myself just in awe of his ability he can play he's he's i mean he's a multi-instrumentalist he can pick up anything and and play it um which is a wonderful thing to be able to do but on top of that he's also an incredible melody writer and he works with a lyricist i can't remember the name of the lyricist but um i find that i when listening to his music i can really relate to the things that he talks about this this 
this this particular album has been very heavy on the subject of like mental health. He's very open about how much he struggles with mental health. And this year has, you know, I mean, it's been hard for everyone, mm. but this year is probably the first year of my life where I have really had to think about mental health in a big way. And I, mm. like, there's been times where I, like this year, for the first time, I've really been struggling mentally. And to have an album like that come out where I can sit and listen and really appreciate what someone's saying and relate to it was... um was really 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 beautiful and uh, a really an, an affirming thing to have just from a pop perspe- uh, pop music perspective as well he's an incredible writer like specifically mara is such a good song and circle those two songs first time i listened to that album jumped out at me and i probably repeated those songs like for hours on end like the first week that album came out and i remember going for a really long walk and just listening to that album and i was really blown away by it um and i'd recommend anyone to to check that out yeah that's lovely mate i love jack Garrett. i managed to see him um live at it was heaven it must have been in london um, yeah. and i was astounded like we all knew when he got big that he could do like amazing things with instruments that he could multitask like no yeah, one i've yeah. ever seen between synths keys loop pedals and guitar um but when you see it live and in the flesh and he's just doing all this stuff and keeping perfect time and yeah he's, he's another one who jumps around sort of time signatures and things but so deliberately oh, that it yeah. doesn't matter it's he's he's phenomenal he's such a talent yeah like, it's ridiculous yeah absolutely i couldn't agree more <laughs> and uh, it's really cool as well because he's to coincide the release of the album he did a series of music videos so there's a music video for every song on that album and it's basically this uh, this one long film so it's a story and he's dancing in all of it and I think it's really interesting because when he put out his first album he was really shy and, he, and he's openly talked about like you know he's always struggled with mental health issues and uh, when he first put stuff out you know um it, he was he kind of just reached this big stardom like very very early you know he kind of got BBC Sound of 2016 or wherever it, wherever it was and um, it was very overwhelming for him and he was really shy about it and now he's come back with this new album first time he's put music out in like five years and he's dancing like no one's watching in every single video and I just think that's such a statement to make coming back with an album all about anxiety and yet yeah. the music videos, he's dancing his socks off. I think that's a really I beautiful thing. I think he's thing. doing a good job. Yeah. Dancing. And he's, and he's an amazing dancer as well. Like he's absolutely smashed it. Like I'm really jealous of his moves. Not only can he play every instrument under the sun, he's also got some mad moves. Smashed it. Yeah, no, that's a great shout, actually, Jack. I forgot about that. It feels like a weird year because it can't, because it's obviously been a strange year. It, you kind of forget what's blurred into last year. But yeah, mate, yeah, 100%. That was that was springtime, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 It was really great. And it's good to see him return as well after such a long hiatus. I was so excited. I've been such a big fan of his. Saw him at the Royal Albert Hall back in probably 2015 or something. Mm. And um, been sort of, you know, awaiting his return ever since and uh i'm very disappointed and i was not disappointed i loved it (laughs) absolutely loved it should we do a few little honorable mentions i uh i'd like to shout out the the tracks that um easy life put out this year fucking love everything that easy life puts out also uh arlo parks new songs yeah um arlo parks my life yeah arlo parks 
Uh, Arlo Parks. I really like Arlo Parks, but I'm starting to hate her. And I'll tell you why. Because <laughs> she's everywhere. But I, well, that. And I can't blame her for that. And I don't I don't hate her for that. But my Spotify, right, anytime it goes to playing, anytime you get to the end of your playlist, it starts playing new music. Always Arlo Parks. Yeah. Always Eugene by Arlo Parks. And I've listened to that song enough that they should, Spotify should know, play me something different. <laughs> and and it's and I'm I, too big of a fan. I don't want to I've hear just, it anymore. It's always the same. I've d- I do it. Andy's in a room. I'll play a playlist, and, and I'll we'll, go we'll, right. We'll one guess. of his next songs will be Laura Carner, Arlo Parks, or like who else? Kojak comes up. Ko- or Ko- like Kojak or someone like that. And, and it's like, always one of them three. It's always one of them three. Straight away. Straight Joy away. Crooks. Um, oh, what, cool. and uh, one more honorable mention. It's only come out in the last couple of weeks, but I think Ed the Dog's album's fucking great. Oh, um, Ed's. Yeah, it's you started. You were you were enjoying it the other day when I played it to you, weren't you? Loved it. Sounds great. Yeah, sounds really I good. I think we'll be a good fan I of it. I think his first album, um, I really enjoyed it, but I think he missed a trick in. Uh, it wasn't as energetic as his live show, and I feel like this album, yeah, he has rectified that. Mate, this album is manic. It's, it's manic. There's so much happening, and I love it. I think it's great. It's and I th- great. Yeah, his. Lyricism. I've I've always th- thought his lyricism was great. I I latch on to poetic lyrics that are very forthright. That like when you're listening to them, you know exactly what they're talking about. I'm not one for like metaphorical stuff. And with Ed, you know, I mean, he he's got it's a song about literal. a car crash, and one of the lyrics is "God bless modern car design" is still framed of the Ford Ka. Like that's one of the lyrics. Like <laughs> I think it's brilliant. And we did a we did a live session with Ed. We did a gig with him. Yeah, we no, we did a gig and we filmed it. That's it. It wasn't a live session. It was a gig, uh, which is on <laughs> YouTube. You can go check it out if you like. Yeah. So, swings and roundabouts is not what I want to say, but that's what came to mind. <laughs> so that all ties things up very nicely. So well, well done for <laughs> bringing it to a lovely end, there, yeah. Ando. Thanks, guys. Um, that's this year wrapped. Yeah, it's been a weird one, isn't it? This year wrapped up. Definitely been a strange one. Yeah, but, but next um, year will be better. And we yeah. spoke about some nice stuff. The we return sort of reflect of, on bad things. Hopefully the return of live music in... Definitely with, return as, of live well, music. Hopefully, hopefully the return of crowds. Once Definitely uh, a return of crowds. Once the vaccine's gone, festival season, yeah. I'd like to get into a big crowd and not be scared for my life. That's the hope. Yeah. And we'll see if it happens. Yeah, that's all extremely bleak of you, Andy. We've just got to cross our fingers <laughs> that things go as we hope they will, that things get a bit better for our venues, for our artists. Um, most of the artists you speak to this year have been heads in books. They've been writing, they've been creating, they've been experimenting while at the same time somehow surviving. So while it's been dire straits um, and strewn with tragedy, I'm sure that it will almost pay some sort of silver lining next year i think we can look forward to a lot of really good gigs there's going to be huge yeah. huge amounts of gigs there's going to be so much new music i think that new music that comes out is going to have this new sort of thrust of creativity where all these artists and creators have been left to their own devices for a year away from the crowds so i think there's i think there's a lot to look back on but i think there's a lot to look forward to as well yeah, in the year definitely. coming up uh, oh mate gigs are going to be so exciting it's just going to be chatting to everyone it's going to be just ever. Oh, imagine the energy in a gig now. Honestly, Oof. Oof. there you go. There we have it. Well, right. see you. See you out there, lads. Yeah. See you in the mi- <laughs> in the midst of it. See you in the pit. Do stick us a review on Apple Podcasts if you can. 
please. We'd really appreciate it. And uh, follow us on all of our socials at Discover Live UK or go on our website www.discoverlive.co.uk. Yeah, and also, sorry, <laughs> sorry to, sorry to unpackage what you've very nicely done there, Andy. But uh, just, uh, just send us a message. Just you know, we get lonely this time of year, uh, so we want to know there are people out there. And no yeah. one's made it to the end of this podcast, but you know, if you have, well done. And <laughs> us know you did because I don't believe you exist, listener. <laughs> so are you out there? turn up the house lights I want to see you (laughs) 